Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortallaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the Extra Point is good. Hour number two of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app, powered by Superbook Sports. The madness is here. Four games underway now. We have uh, things shaping up to be a fun finish between West Virginia and Maryland, 51-50. to West Virginia on top with 10 minutes to go in the game. Virginia, 42. Furman, 35. 14-04 left to go. Missouri on top of Utah State, 23-18. to And just underway is Kansas and Howard. Uh, Kansas does not have head coach Bill Self, as that was announced early this morning, that he will not be coaching this game against Howard yeah you would hope that they don't need him against Howard (laughs) that is true so we'll continue to monitor the madness as it all unfolds but as we typically do to start the second hour we reset the scene with today's poll questions and ASU men's basketball dominant from start to finish against Nevada and they are moving on playing TCU on Friday so here's the question was ASU's spectacular performance against Nevada a one game thing or a sign of more good things to come the rest of the NCAA tournament and the masses are on the one games thing side of things at 63% of the vote sign of more is trailing at 37% understandable uh, result there because you know they played an unworldly first half they scored the most points in the first half that they've scored in any half this season they scored the most points in a game uh, that ASU has played scored in any game whether it be regular season or NCAA tournament in 10 years We'll answer this question around 11.30 today. Twitter, at KDOS AM 1060. The NFL League year officially got underway yesterday, 1 p.m. local time. So uh, what do you think about the Cardinals' offseason so far? On Twitter, at KDOS AM 1060, do you approve of the Cardinals' seemingly passive approach to begin the offseason? No continues to lead the way at 60% of the vote. Yes, trailing at 40%. Yeah, I don't think that the passive approach, however you like to phrase it, uh, that was probably the best way to phrase it, uh, is all that surprising. You have a new general manager. He's not tied to any really player on the roster. He didn't really bring in any of these guys. Uh, They had a terrible season last year. They had 30-some free agents to begin the week uh, officially. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, they've already lost, uh, you know, I think – you know, their two best remaining defensive players uh, from last year with uh, Zach Allen going to Denver and uh, Byron Murphy going to Minnesota. And then you make a pretty good case that, uh, you know, two of their three best players last year, Buda Baker is in there too. And if you want to go three out of four, J.J. Watt retired. 
Well, let's stick here for a second with the Arizona Cardinals and figure out what has officially taken place. So you had yesterday uh, Kaiser White at linebacker. That was reported. It became official. Two-year contract for Kaiser White. He joins the Cardinals from the Eagles last season where he had 110 tackles, 66 solo, one and a half sacks, seven passes defended from the linebacker position. And we touched on it a little bit yesterday. Uh, You know, bringing in a linebacker here, what does that mean? for Zayvon Collins? What does that mean for Isaiah Simmons? Uh, It could also mean that uh, Jonathan Gannon wants somebody that he trusts from that key linebacker position. Yeah, I don't think it means much for Collins. I mean, he had a good season, too, last year, and unfortunately, you know, almost everybody I just mentioned there, in fact, three of the four guys I've, you know, I didn't boot, actually four of the five guys that we've mentioned specifically by name and their defense from last year, uh, four of those five guys were injured at some point last season, too, unfortunately, including Collins, who didn't finish the season because he was injured. Uh, but I don't think it affects Collins. I think they showed some – he certainly showed progress last year. I think the guy that it maybe affects more than anybody would be Simmons. Um, maybe they make a position change with him. I remember when Hassan Reddick came here, they couldn't really figure out what to do with him. Uh, and then once they actually just made him an edge rusher, he was really good at it. And now he's gone elsewhere and been really good at it for Carolina and Philadelphia the last two years. Well, maybe that's the play then for Isaiah Simmons. Uh, just go hunt the quarterback and you're coming off of a, a defense here, bringing in Jonathan Gannon, who, as you just mentioned, Hassan Reddick had great success doing that last year with the Eagles. Yeah, that might be it. So who knows? I don't think we're really going to know anything for a while, at least until, you know, there's some kind of, you know, OTAs and so forth. And, you know, when you actually, I don't know if they know. I mean, they have a plan, I'm sure. Uh, you know, once, uh, you know, they've actually constructed a roster. But once you see guys on the field, even if it's just a mini camp or an OTA, uh, you maybe don't really know how that might work out. In fact, you probably don't even know then when it's going to work, how it's going to work out. And you just need to, you see some uh, you know, preseason games or something when there's actually contact and tackling or a training camp or something that's different than just running around in shorts and you know no contact in the offseason. Another official signing, I hope I'm doing this right, offensive line, Yelda Froholt. Two-year contract, 17 games, six career starts with the Browns in 2022. He was drafted in 2019 by the Patriots. They're Clearly seems to be a theme here, though, offensive line. Well, I think that's something that Mike Tanier pointed out yesterday. You know, they had you know pretty much everybody except D.J. Humphreys is a free agent. Uh, so they couldn't lose the entire offensive line. So you try to keep some of the guys that you had. I'm not familiar at all with the guy that they signed from the Browns, so I can't help you there. Defensive lineman Kevin Strong, one-year contract, another one made official yesterday. 16 games with the Titans last year, 23 tackles, 12 quarterback pressures, two passes defended, undrafted free agent by the Lions back in 2019. And uh, obviously, Monte Austinfort must know him uh, with his time in Tennessee. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if he's a special teams guy. Would that make sense? I think that might uh, you know, they got to figure that out, too, because they've lost – I would say the Cardinals in the last two years, I mean, their, their special teams were really good in the early Kingsbury years. And, you know, they lost some key players from that, those units. And uh, last year, I think the special teams really suffered uh, 
and probably went downhill more than any unit that they had uh, from 2021 to 2022. So we know that Kyler Murray is not going to be available for the Cardinals until at least October. It very well could be that he's out for the whole season. We'll have to see how rehab goes for him. You have Colt McCoy backing him up. There was the comments in the offseason about Colt dealing with some undisclosed injury, and he may not be available to start the camp process. So as we look in the direction of what the Cardinals are going to do at the starting quarterback position week one, are we okay with it being Colt McCoy? But also... If we look at the available quarterbacks, the list is now starting to get slimmer and slimmer for who they can bring in. Jacoby Brissett signed with the Commanders. Taylor Heineke signed with the Falcons. Andy Dalton signed with the Panthers. Jameis Winston re-signed with the Saints. There was no chance Jimmy Garoppolo was coming here, but Jimmy G to the Raiders. Jarrett Stidham to the Broncos. Mike White to the Dolphins. Case Keenum to the Texans. P.J. Walker to the Bears. Sam Darnold to the 49ers. Also no chance this was happening either, but Baker Mayfield to the Buccaneers. So here's who's left. Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan, he could potentially retire. Marcus Mariota, Teddy Bridgewater, Mason Rudolph, Drew Locke, Gardner Minshew. Well, I would say, you know, I'll take the other side of this. Uh, I'm going to look at the quarterback, you know, market here. And if you're a quarterback that doesn't have a gig right now, why would you come here? Um, you know, you're going to be, uh, you know, once Kyler Murray comes back and they already have, you know, if Colt McCoy is going to be ready to go, uh, you're, you're probably looking for an opportunity to play somewhere, and that isn't going to be here. And on the other side, I just have no reason to think that the Cardinals are looking for any kind of quarterback unless they think McCoy is going to be out for a substantial period of time. Well, he hasn't been able to finish in certain situations where he's had to come in for Kyler Murray in the last couple of seasons. That's true. Obviously, they are completely rebuilding. They're never going to publicly tell you that. Uh, they realized that they're, they they made a run and it didn't work. And uh, they're starting over. Obviously, you have a new front office. And as I mentioned uh, previously, you know, he's not tied. Austin Ford's not tied to any of these guys. So you know, if you're going to go down, go down with your own guys or at least have a plan for the future. And I'm totally for that. You know, San Francisco, <laughs> it looks like they've gotten better the last three days. Uh, and certainly uh, Seattle, without question, uh, yeah, they are really trying to get better. I mean, they've made some interesting moves here the last three days at positions that they were certainly in, in need of improving. Uh, so I, I think there's a clear clear tier, that probably, probably like three tiers, as far as the NFC West goes. I think you have San Francisco. This is really clever on my part. I'm actually doing my like body language here, but... San Francisco, I'm raising my arm as high as I can above my head. They're up here. And then Seattle's kind of like in the middle, a little lower than San Francisco. And I think the Rams and the Cardinals are, I'm going as low as I can now, uh, now like underneath my table doing my body language. That's kind of how this uh, division stacks up. And I think the Cardinals understand that. Well, I think that's nice of you to include the Rams and the Cardinals in the same tier. I would have maybe even said that there's four tiers. No, I think the Rams are really bad. Uh, and I think the Cardinals have got a chance to be one of the worst teams in the league, but I think they kind of understand that. And 
they're literally or they're starting over, which is what they should do. Yeah, they absolutely. Should be doing, they should be doing that even if Kyler Murray were healthy for this upcoming season. They're the ones that made the mistake, in my opinion, and I said it at the time of signing him to a you know contract through what twenty twenty seven, before last season started. Yeah, absolutely. This is really the only play. There wasn't enough left for them to hold on to, to to try to continue to build. And then also, as you pointed out, looking at the division here, uh, you got to set yourself up for uh, the the long haul. However, it's going to make for the interim and the immediate season uh, really painful. Yeah, uh, but hopefully it'll be painful with a you know light at the end of the tunnel. Last year was painful, and there is no you don't even know. I don't think there was any light in the tunnel, and I don't even know where the tunnel was. As we... uh, so that, that was bad. And then they're letting Murphy and, obviously, Allen go in the first two days of free agency, especially the Murphy thing, because it's not like he got paid a, a billion dollars to go to Minnesota. He did not get a big-time contract. Allen did. But uh, they just let them go the first day of a couple days of uh, free agency. I think that gives you a – you know, kind of confirms that uh, – they're just looking uh, to rebuild and uh, look look to the future, and they're not really expecting to do much this upcoming season. Let's take a look at what's going on in the March Madness world. You have West Virginia on top of Maryland, 59-56. to 56. There is a TV timeout with 5.33 to play. You have Virginia uh, up 50-43 to 43 over Furman. Missouri on top of Utah State, 26-23. to 23. And Kansas leading Howard by one with 13.56 to go in the first, first half. This Kansas game, I've only seen a little bit here. I'm trying to watch four games simultaneously and give my excellent Cardinals analysis with the body language update. But uh, every time I look at this Kansas game, it's just a frantic up-and-down game. And, you know, Howard's scoring some points. And I know Howard wants to play you know, up-tempo, but, you know, if they keep this up against, you know, Kansas wants to play up-tempo against good teams. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. And, I'm not positive. I'm going to double check here during the uh, break here. Uh, but I don't think can. You know, we mentioned Bill Self's out. I also think that at least one of their starters is out, too. We weren't sure if uh, they were healthy player-wise before this tournament started. I'm going to double check during the break. 602-260-1060. The phone lines are open if you'd like to join in the next segment. 602-260-1060. It is the extra point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com. And with the all-new KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Remember, Superbook Sports during the month of March here is uh, doing their Superbook prize pack along with a $100 gift certificate uh, to be eligible to win. You just have to listen. It's pretty simple on the KDOS 1060 app. 602-260-1060 is the number if you'd like to join. That's next. Easy Sports Talk with former NFL and MLB player Ed Smith and co-host Javon Adams airs Saturday mornings 10 to noon on KDOS AM 1060. Eleven twenty-two, right here on KDOS AM ten sixty online at KDOS ten sixty dot com, and with the KDOS ten sixty app on this Thursday, March sixteenth. March Madness is underway, and let's get a brief update on things that are going on and some of those injury updates that you were checking out in the break. Now, 
Maryland. The next official TV timeout. They're on top now, 61-59 to over West Virginia with 3.30 to go in the game. This is the biggest injury of the day that I've seen so far. Matthews, the best player for West Virginia, went down with an injury in this game when it was 35, 34-31, uh, and he has uh, not returned. And uh, look, he got uh, a shoulder injury. He got uh, basically blasted on his screen. And uh, to my knowledge, I'm pretty sure, at least as of the last time out, he had not come back into the game. Now you have Virginia and Furman. Uh, Virginia opens up a big lead, then Furman claws its way back to like within five. Then Virginia opens up a big lead again. Furman yeah. claws its way back. It's currently sitting at with 6.25 to go. Virginia on top, 52 to 48. Yeah, and kind of wherever you got your number, this number went anywhere from uh, six to seven points uh, with obviously Virginia the favorite in the game. Uh, you have Missouri as the seven seed on top of Utah State, the 10 seed, 28-25. Another official TV timeout uh, with 3.47 to go in the first half. Yeah, just went to the four-minute timeout, and uh, actually they're just coming back from that now. And this is a, you know, there's going to, there's a lot of contrast in style games. I don't think that that was, I think that's an accidental thing. I think the, I don't think the NCAA tournament committee's doing that by, uh, you know, by design, but uh, you got one team in Utah state that much prefers a half court game and no team in college basketball, whether they're in the tournament or not. I don't think there's a team that prefers to get up and down more than Missouri does. Kansas is on top of Howard now, 19-13 to 13 with 11.30 to go in the first half, and this is the injury update that you were also checking into. Right. Obviously, Bill Self not participating, but uh, Kevin McCuller, uh, their transfer from uh, who was with Texas Tech in previous years. In fact, he played for Texas Tech when Texas Tech was in the NCAA Tournament Championship game against Virginia a few years ago. But McCuller is playing for Kansas today, and there was uh, he did not play in the uh, Big 12 tournament uh, when they got beat and got eliminated early there. Let's look into some of the afternoon games and evening games for the rest of Thursday's March Madness slate. So you have Charleston uh, plus five and a half versus San Diego State minus five and a half. This is fascinating. These two teams, they're on some win streaks and those win streaks are on the line. The Cougars have won 10 in a row while the Aztecs have won four in a row. Yeah, these are two teams I mentioned earlier in the week uh, that uh, this uh, happens, I'm sure, to everybody. But you, know, you have ideas of which teams you would be interested in playing on or against uh, in the NCAA tournament. And these are two teams I really were, you know, I wanted to play on both of them, and they're playing each other. Uh, so, uh, you know, once again, this is a kind of a different style as far as the style goes. I mean, you know, Charleston's a team that uh, likes to get up and down in San Diego State. With their physical grinding style, they want to keep you in the half court if, uh, if uh, completely uh, possible by them. Princeton plus 14 and a half, U of A minus 14 and a half. Jay Billis is on record thinking the Cats have a chance to do something special. Andy Katz has the Wildcats beating Alabama in the South. So that's kind of two big names that follow college hoops with their opinions on the Wildcats. Do we know what the health status is of Kirk Risa? Yeah, he actually you know, he's played fairly. I think he was in pretty good shape. Uh, he was obviously had the injury a couple of uh, a week ago today, right? But yeah, he seemed like uh, he was okay for that UCLA game. Um, you know, he doesn't shoot well all the time, and uh, so it's kind of hard to tell sometimes whether it's the shoulder or whether he's just shooting poorly. 
Uh, but uh, I don't think there was a whole lot of hinder hindrance, if that's a word. If it isn't, it should be because I just said it. Uh, I thought his game was – he didn't look like it was hurt to me, let's put it that way, on Saturday at least, last week. As far as this game goes – and well, actually, let's go back to you know the Billis and uh, – and Andy Katz thing, I hope they're both wrong because uh, you know, I have the U of A losing far earlier than that. I had them losing to Creighton, actually, and what would be the Sweet 16. And I, I just don't – and I'm not going to change my tune now. Uh, I think that they've been overrated all season long. And you know, I actually thought they got a really good draw because my original intention was I didn't think they were going to get out of the first week. Uh, but I think it would be pretty difficult for them not to get out of the first week considering the draw that they received. Hindrance is a word, and we'll make it All the right. word of the day so far. How's Thank that sound? Oh, All right. The word of the day actually exists. That's good. That's a good prerequisite. <laughs> Illinois versus Arkansas. Illinois plus one and a half. Arkansas minus one and a half. Um, was Arkansas's attempt in the SEC tournament disappointing to you, and, and does that carry over here? Well, I wish they weren't. This is another thing. I mean, you know, these are the two teams I'd like to play against, <laughs> and they're playing each other. And I'm I'm not playing Illinois ever in in, uh, in an important game. Uh, I don't care who they have. They've had much better rosters by than this. And uh, Brad Brad Underwood, uh, I just think he's a bad coach. Uh, I think he was a really good coach when he was uh, at a lower level. I uh, believe it was Arkansas Little Rock. I could be wrong about that, but wherever he was before this. I thought there was, uh, you know, I was more impressed than I have been since he got to Illinois. They had the number one seed a couple of years ago with a far better roster than that, uh, than this, excuse me, and, uh, you know, crapped out in that tournament. I don't think they're very good. Uh, I think they should be better. He recruits talent. I don't think he coaches them up. So I'm envious of you and your three TV setup going on because we only have one TV in the studio. I so also I, have a also have a you know, the fourth game I have on a, on computer. There so. you go. So I brought in my <laughs> laptop here and I got the Furman and the Virginia game streaming, but since it's streaming, it's delayed. So Twitter is just going absolutely bonkers right now, and it's because Furman has now taken the Yoo-hoo. lead over Virginia, fifty six to fifty four. I just noticed that. I have them plus seven, so hopefully they can hold on here. But if they get behind, uh, Virginia, I'm sure, makes free throws. So, you know, nothing's ever safe, ever. Don't don't forget that, children out there. It's never safe. <laughs> Auburn versus Iowa. Auburn minus one and a half. Iowa plus one and a half. And apparently I'm the only one that has stumbled into this news here this year that Fran McCaffrey has never made it past the round of 32 as the coach. Uh, well, in any uh, coaching uh, place that he has stopped at, but he currently coaches Iowa. Yeah, and he's been there a while, and I don't know why they put up with him. I guess, you know, they went – Kurt Ferentz and – Fran, Fran McCaffrey win just enough to stay. And uh, if I were an Iowa sports fan, I've said this many times in the last few years, I just uh, would have moved on. But I guess they just think above average is good for them. They're satisfied with above average. Uh, what is Kirk Ferentz's nickname? Like eight and six? Kind of like what Jeff Fisher was? Well, it was. used to be. Yeah, they, I will say that they, you know, well, last year was just, a, you know, they had the worst offense in the planet. But uh, – they always have really good defense, but usually they can run the ball, and they've got offensive linemen all around the NFL but in tight ends. Uh, but, you know, last year they kind of lacked on anything on the offensive side of the ball. <laughs> 
Oral Roberts versus Duke. Oral Roberts plus six and a half. Duke minus six and a half. Since February 14th, Duke has now won nine in a row. Well, they're also, I believe it's now 17 and one when they've had all their scholarship players on the floor simultaneously. Uh, and obviously that winning streak there, as you mentioned, uh, that's uh, yeah, been uh, the huge part of that. But uh, they actually... Yeah, I actually kind of do. Uh, did uh, had to fill out a semi-official bracket last yesterday afternoon because I'm I'm in a pool, a head-up pool with a friend. We pick every team in the tournament. It's just basically a draft of all 68 teams. And to do that, you kind of need to fill out a bracket to some extent. Maybe not completely game to game, but I have Duke actually in the championship game in the NCAA tournament. Boise State versus Northwestern. Boise State plus one and a half. Northwestern minus one and a half. Boo Booey. Is he the key? 17.1 points per game and 4.5 assists. And I hope they keep winning because I want to keep saying boo booey. Well, he's got to pick it up. I mean, he had a couple of not so great games at the end, and they're so dependent on him. Uh, you know, they, uh, they're really good. Uh, they're a tremendous defensive team. I'm not buying Boise State. And, uh, you know, right back to the Mountain West Conference thing again that you know, Mike Palm mentioned in the last hour. And he's in a Mountain West Conference city, by the way, in Las Vegas. So he watches them even more than I do, uh, those teams. So I can't make much of a case for Boise. Here's a stat for you. It's kind of too bad Fran McCaffrey's not playing against Boise State. Uh, Boise State has never, I mean, like never, ever won an NCAA tournament game. Woo. They've been in several times, but they've never won a game. Penn State versus Texas A&M, plus two and a half Penn State, minus two and a half Texas A&M. Jalen Pickett time here, 17.9 points per game, 7.3 rebounds, and 6.7 assists on the season. Yeah, I think it runs out for Penn State here. I mean, they had a really mediocre or below average season until like two, three weeks ago, and then they had a handful of buzzer-beater victories. Uh, they actually lost a game at the buzzer to Rutgers, and then they didn't lose. I don't think they've lost. They've only lost the Big Ten championship game since then. But it seems like every game comes down to the end. I also think that Texas A&M got kind of hosed by the tournament committee. I understand why they did, because they had a horrendous non-conference schedule. And there's no doubt in my mind that if you had a bad schedule or a couple of bad losses in the months of November and December, that it, 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 this NCAA tournament committee, this group of people, seem to dock you more for that than we've seen in previous years. I think that A&M's pretty good. They've got really good guards. In fact, uh, in the, uh, I don't think there's any question in the, uh, the, the Taylor is the best, the best guard in the SEC, and there's some good guards in the SEC. I think he's the best guy. Period. And they have with Radford and Taylor, they have the best guard tandem for sure in the SEC. And I think that's too much for Penn State. They've got plenty of guys. Yeah, I love Pickett. I mean, he's great. I think he's going to be a good NBA player. But they have no size. They're the worst offensive rebounding team in college basketball. Texas A&M shoots more free throws per game than anybody in college basketball. And I think that they're just going to uh, basically out-thug, uh, out of lack of a better term for me, uh, Penn State in this game. 
Pick the winner of the basketball bonanza by going to KDOS1060.com and entering the basketball blitz contest from Desert Diamond Casino West Valley. If you correctly pick the winner, you go into one big pot for your chance at $2,000. It's a great opportunity to have some fun with the basketball blitz and be a big winner. While you're at it, join Desert Diamond Casino West Valley to watch all the basketball games at Winner's Sports Bar. Winner's Sports Bar serving up great food and drinks surrounded by wall-to-wall screens, plus Arizona Arizona's best local sports book. And right now it's caller number three, 602-260-1060. You get the $25 voucher to winners sports bar at Desert Diamond Casino West Valley to watch all of the games. That's caller number three, 602-260-1060 for the $25 voucher to winners sports bar, Desert Diamond Casino West Valley. While you're at it, KDOS1060.com. Enter the Basketball Blitz contest from Desert Diamond Casino West Valley for your chance at $2,000. Just correctly pick the winner of the Basketball Bonanza for your chance at the $2,000 grand prize. On the other side, it's poll question time here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Have you downloaded the KDUS AM 1060 skill for Alexa yet? Food. Alexa is frustrated. No matter how many times do you ask, the answer is mail, chicken. Once you're ready, say Alexa, open KDUS AM 1060 to listen to your favorite shows. Extra point here on KDUS AM 1060. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you on this Thursday, March 16th. Madness ensuing. There was a long, long review going on in the Maryland and West Virginia game. Last minute. Yes. And Maryland is on top, 66-63 with 47 seconds left to go. Furman has opened up a three-point lead against Virginia, 63-60 with 2.33 to play. Missouri is at half against Utah State, up 35-31. And Kansas is leading Howard, but it's maybe a lot closer than that 20-something point spread that uh, was originally opening up here with Kansas on top, 37-33. So we'll... uh, Continue let, me to- add, let me add one quick thing about that game. Howard's now having no problem scoring points in this game. They've got 33 points in roughly 15 minutes, and uh, the Kansas defense has uh, not been good so far. And uh, Howard is not reluctant to run up and down the floor with Kansas when Kansas, you know, that's, I think, their strength. I think they're the in the Big 12 this year, I think that Kansas and TCU were the two teams that got up and down more than anybody did and the best conference in college basketball and Howard is they don't care. They're just going to take it to the rim. We'll continue to update the games as they unfold, but let's first attack the poll questions, and we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. In regards to ASU's victory last night over Nevada, it was a dominating performance from start to finish. So was ASU's spectacular performance against Nevada a one-game thing or a sign of more good things to come the rest of the NCAA tournament? I'm going to say it was a one-game thing. Uh, I mean, they're certainly not going to – you never know. But I doubt if they're going to duplicate what they did last night. 
in the 98 points, the most at ASU scored in any game in 10 years. Uh, also, the first half is uh, the 53-point first half. Uh, the most points they've scored in any half this season, first or second half. They had runs in the first half of 13-0 and 17-0. Then the first half, they made 68% of the shots. They made uh, 8 out of 14 threes. They had 13 assists and one turnover. I'm just talking the first half here. They also had a 22-4 edge in points in the paint. They had a 12-0 edge in turnovers, uh, points off of turnovers. Uh, they did all that in the first half last night. Uh, and the ASU, as we've seen, they shoot a lot of threes. And at least in Pac-12 play, they were 11th in the Pac-12 field goal percentage just in the conference games. They shot the second most threes and were second to worst from the bottom in making them. Uh, so it seems unlikely they're going to continue that. I will say one thing, though, about TCU, the game on, on, thir on Friday is that TCU, they like to run. They lead college basketball in fast break points, so this game is not going to be slow. The, the, the ASU wants you to run up and down the floor, and, and TCU I don't think is going to change their style for the ASU. Yeah, so for me, I mean, this was a really well-played game from ASU uh, and, and certainly were focused, locked in from the start, hitting shots, uh, and you were kind of at some point waiting for Nevada to, to get back in this thing for maybe there to be a lull in some of those shots not going in for ASU, and that just never happened. It was a really great game for ASU, but when it comes to the, that particular type of performance and just how a solid they were over 60% from the floor, over 50% from three. You know, they're a team that has to hit those shots because uh, as we've seen during Pac-12 play, when they didn't hit those shots, they were losing games. So if they continue to have really solid uh, shooting performances, then it's it's a good chance that they could, uh, you know, make an upset against TCU. But it, it comes down to me and shooting like that is kind of streaky. So uh, I think they're capable of it. I certainly Certainly think that they have the athletic talent to be able to to hang in this tournament, but certainly uh, I think it all comes down to, to hitting shots and, and not doing silly mistakes. And if you clean those up, then yes. But what has been their DNA for the majority of the season? Yeah, they're, they're hit miss proposition literally. Yes, absolutely. So uh, masses, though, are on the one game thing side of things at 67 percent of the vote. Sign of more is sitting at 33 percent. This is the KDOS 1060.com poll question. I'll pause for just a second before moving into the Twitter poll question. Another review taking place. It is 66-65, though. Maryland with 4.2 seconds left to play in this ballgame. And Virginia is now leading over Furman 66-63 with one minute left to go. Twitter. This could be a big review in this uh, Maryland game, depending on who they give the ball to. Because if it uh, there's 4.2 to go... And I believe they say that uh, the original call on the floor, it's Maryland's ball, and they're actually they might overturn this. Uh, West Virginia might have the ball with a chance, chance to win here. Well, just seeing out. that replay, it should be West Virginia's ball. But oh, they're you calling think, a foul. Yeah, well, they're doing okay. Yeah, they called a foul. So, Maryland's shooting two free throws right now with four point two. The guy made the first one, so they're up two. Twitter. I don't, know what the, I don't know what the timeout situation is for West Virginia, though. Looks like none. Okay. 
Twitter, at KDOS AM 1060. Do you approve of the Cardinals' seemingly passive approach to begin the offseason? I want to get this in here from Chris in Phoenix on Twitter. Yes, only because they're tanking this season. Doubt that Kyler will play more than a few games, if at all. They're trying to get the highest draft picks in each round they can and not committing long-term money. Once Kyler is back and fully healthy, then players will want to come. That's Chris in Phoenix tweeting into the program. As for answering this here, from my standpoint, what else did you expect to take place? Uh, starting quarterback rehabbing many holes on the roster that need to be filled, and you're not going to do that overnight. Um, it's unfortunate because we're headed down a road where it's going to be a long season ahead, but the hope is that you have to have that down year in order to rebuild and get the picks that you need, get the players that you need in place. And as we talked about, this really seems to be an entire regime change. Monty Ossenfort coming in as the general manager, Jonathan Gannon coming in as the head coach. There's a, 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 sh- a shift and a change, and I think that this was the only uh, path forward. I agree with all of that. Um, you know, don't really don't have much to add. And, uh, I think they kind of gave you a – an idea in the first uh, 48 hours of the uh, tampering period or the non-tampering period, however we're supposed to phrase that, uh, that uh, they, if they wanted to move forward with a you know, plan to try to be competitive next year, that uh, you know maybe not Allen because Allen got paid, but I think Byron Murphy would still be here if that were the plan. By the way, uh, final game, final uh, seconds of this, uh, the, the Maryland-West Virginia game, uh, West Virginia actually missed, excuse me, Maryland missed the second free throw, and West Virginia actually had a pretty good shot uh, to the end of the game to win, and uh, the dude hit the bottom of the backboard, and uh, game over, Maryland moves on. All right, uh, one madness game down, and as we announce the winners of the poll question here, it's the no side of things at 54.5% of the vote, yes sitting at 455 This is on Twitter, at KDUSAM1060, and pins and needles as well for Furman in Virginia with 27 yeah. seconds left to go. Virginia now on top, 66 to 63, so the madness is in Furman full swing. Is, Furman has just quit scoring here. Um, Zero you know, points so, in the last two oh five. Yeah, there could be, uh, you know, this could be, uh, a, you know, this could, if you got Furman plus the points, you need to be sweating because Virginia's shooting free throws. Yeah, I understand and they're, they're that. Get, if and they, they don't score the next position, they're going to shoot. Their next possession, they're going to shoot uh, shoot even more free throws. It looks like they're going to the line here now as well. So we'll have hopefully an update on the other side of the break as that game is looking to wrap up. Uh, Missouri out in on top, uh, 35-31 at half. And then you have Kansas up on Howard, 46-37. to This has been Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060, online at kdos1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. We have one final segment to go on the other side of the break. Hang with us. We'll be back after this. Teams Out West brings NFL, NBA, MLB, and local sports talk to you Monday night starting at 7 on KDUS AM 1060 and the KDUS 1060 app. 
final segment of this Thursday, March 16th edition of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Before we get to thank you time, it's a final. Furman has topped Virginia 68-67. Virginia inbounding the ball. And uh, they were trapped in the corner. Absolute panic. Up by one. Correct. Absolute panic. Toss the ball down the middle of the court. It's uh, picked off by Furman. And uh, they come down and hit a three with 2.2 seconds to go. So they go up by one. Virginia. Up by two. My bad. I'm sorry. I apologize. They were up two at the time. Virginia uh, did get a clean look at like a half-court shot uh, to try to win the game with 2.2 seconds left to go, but it didn't drop, and Furman is on top 68-67, so our first upset in March Madness has occurred. Yeah, I got this one right. I'm not a big Virginia fan. I thought Furman could score some points, and they did in this game against Virginia's fine defense. This is good for the U of A, by the way. The U of A is a two-seed, and uh, uh, Virginia in in that region is a four-seed. So just get get those teams out of the way if you can. You know, does Tony Bennett have – like, I know he won a national title, but has he suffered some of the most horrific losses in NCAA tournament history? Well, the most horrific ever, the Maryland-Baltimore County thing. Obviously, yeah. the only 16 to beat a one. He's actually had pretty good success in the NCAA tournament, but uh, especially if you count his days in Washington State. Uh, so, you know, and as a player at Wisconsin Green Bay, yeah, he beat Jason Kidd and Cal way back in the day. Well, according to this here, Aaron Torres tweeted out, in the last six seasons, Virginia has six wins in the NCAA tournament, and all six came in 2019. <laughs> that's true. I didn't realize it was that bad lately, so that's uh, that's not good. I don't think they were in the tournament a couple years ago, and, of course, there wasn't a tournament in 2020? 2020? What? Yeah, yeah 2020. the pandemic year. Yeah, so, yeah, that- so those things are a little skewed, but uh, yeah, they haven't been great, but... Uh, I didn't realize that there's all six of those wins. I remember, you know, now that you mentioned it, I know that you have to win six games to win the tournament. <laughs> and they actually shouldn't have won that because Texas Tech, get, you know, basically, uh, for somebody that had a future ticket on Texas Tech in that tournament, they got hosed. <laughs> so there's an objective viewpoint. Back to regularly scheduled programming. It's thank you time oh, yeah. here on Extra Point on this Thursday, March 16th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you. So, Bob... Take it away. Okay. We thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else sip the cracks. Also, our guest today around the NBA with Michael Pena. From the ringer, excellent stuff for Michael. We touched on the Grizzlies situation and their issues. Also, a lot of the Western Conference things, including the Suns. And also, we talked college basketball, and uh, Mike Palm joined us from Circus Sports. Uh, his title is so long, I can't even remember what it was. But he's running, he's the man. Vice President uh, of Operations. There you go. Vice President of Operations slash the man uh, at Circus Sports. And uh, we got some ideas uh, from Mike. He likes some games. And uh, also uh, what's going on at Circus Sports with the stadium swim and everything else. And it's a great sports book downtown in Las Vegas, which is uh, certainly much different than it was when I lived there from 1988 to 1994. <laughs> much better than it used to be.
Uh, up next here on KDOS AM 1060 from noon to 1 o'clock, it is Sports Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3 p.m., the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, and the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster Bierstein from 5 to 6. It, I just saw another look at this last Virginia shot. That sucker almost went in. It yeah. Was the back, back of the rim. I knew they hit the rim, but my God, that that's – they got. They did a tremendous job considering the circumstances. Well, they obviously made a huge mistake to possession before, but to go length of the court and to get a clean shot off and a clean catch on a half court pass—that's pretty impressive. Uh, it's the final time. As we stick with the March Madness theme here, the final time that we'll hear Jim Nance at the Final Four. Yeah. He's held the role since 1991, and Ian Eagle is taking over next year, but. When it comes to the Jim Nance narrative, Houston has to win, right? Because Nance is a Houston alum. Mm -hmm. Uh, The final four is in Houston. And uh, it's the final time that he's calling the final four. So that's how this storybook uh, ends, right? Well, I I like Jim, but hopefully not because I'm (laughs) going against Houston. But uh, we'll see how that goes. But I'm not mistaken. If it wasn't his first NCAA tournament, not the first Final Four because Musburger was still under the Final Four in those days. But if it wasn't his first Final Four, the first tournament, excuse me, it was one of the first when uh, the Fly Slam and Jamma was going on. The, the best Houston teams ever. Yeah, uh, and they, they should have won. Well, I don't think they should have won. Well, I guess they you could say they should have won against NC State, right? But yeah. they shouldn't. You know, they got, you know, they played Georgetown the year after that and uh, Georgetown was just a lot better. <laughs> uh, Jim Nance did say though, because of his Houston connection and his Houston connection with Freddie couples calling him winning the masters in 1992 yeah. was such like a goosebump moment for him and his career. And so this would obviously, if Houston were to go on to win, I, I think would be up there in uh, Jim's yeah. catalog of cool moments. Got the final call last week in the uh, conference tournament championship when they won at the buzzer. So he had that with Houston. That'll do it for this edition of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060, KDOS1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Enjoy the rest of March Madness opening rounds, and then we'll get into tomorrow's edition of March Madness as well. Have a fantastic Thursday, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.